Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Welcome to episode 37. This is an incredibly special episode to me. And for those that listen through to the end, you will know why. But in today's episode, I have a really deep and meaningful conversation with my friend Erin Banfield. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a a while, you may recognize his name from episode 9. He was the very first person that I asked to come on the podcast because he is just an incredibly wonderful human being, a beautiful soul, and I knew he'd have some really helpful things to share. So feel welcome to head back to episode nine if you want to hear more from Aaron. But when he asked me to come on and share what he's learned and share what's been going on, it felt really important to do so and to share our conversation. And as you have probably guessed already from the title of today's episode, it is going to be a pretty deep conversation and it may bring up some pretty intense emotions. I know it certainly did for me, both recording this episode with Aaron And editing it later on, it certainly brought up some feels. So I'm going to bring in a really specific trigger warning for today's episode that we're going to be talking really in depth on illness, cancer, grief, loss and death, dying, some graphic medical content, And there's some swears in today's episode. I don't normally leave them in if they pop up, but they really felt in the flow of today's recording. So I I left them in there. So just know you may want to listen with headphones if there are younger ears around. But on a highly sensitive level, this is an episode that I think is really... It's a really important conversation. It's one we don't often talk about. And I also want to deeply acknowledge that this isn't necessarily going to be for everybody, or maybe not for everybody right now. I know it's the height of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. Things are sunny and bright and airy. So there's a different layer of life that we're talking about that is probably better suited to winter. So for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, this may be coming at a deeper time in the year to be processing this. But I encourage you as you're listening to today's episode, and if you even decide that right now is a good time to listen, I encourage you to take pauses, take breaks, and know that, yes, while we do get into some 
really hard topics. I am so in awe of Aaron's grace, his wisdom, and I really love what he shares at the end about his experiences as a highly sensitive. He shines a really special light on it. So I would normally bring in more of a formal bio for Aaron, but he's going to share a bit more about where he's at, what he's been going through. He's a registered acupuncturist and Qigong teacher. And really, he's an incredible soul. On a technical level, there is a lot of background noise in today's recordings that was just out of both of our controls, so I did my very best to edit out as much as I could, but some of it just is there. So just know the first few minutes there's a little bit more extra noise than normal, and then it tapers off again and pops in throughout the episode. But I encourage you to treat this as a time of reflection as well. I was very honored to have this conversation with Aaron and to share it with you. And I look forward to seeing him in person in a couple days here. So know that at the end, Aaron will share a few links to his YouTube channel, to his fundraiser and his website. So know that I'll put all those in the show notes, or you could simply Google Aaron Banfield and YouTube, Aaron Banfield and GoFundMe, and you'll be able to find them as well. I normally have an outro on all my episodes, just wrapping it all up, but I'm going to let Aaron have the last words in today's episode. So I am going to invite you, if you are feeling the need at any point in today's listening, to have a bit of grounding and nourishment and a bit of recentering. Then I've got a couple different meditations that you can use as a resource. You can head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free forward slash ground to get a nice meditation sent straight over to you or scroll back to episode Number three, for a short and sweet soothing sensation meditation. All right, with this long intro, let's shift into today's conversation with Aaron Banfield. And here we are together again. That's right. Wow. Virtually, anyway. Virtually and preciously. Yes. Yeah, so we had a few minutes chatting before hitting the magic record button. We gave a yeah, a little bit of a map for today, but it's also going to be a very spontaneous conversation too. What's showing up? So as we start, you may hear some noises in the background. We'll explain all those more in a moment. But I would love to know, like genuinely love to know. What is meaningful for you these days? What is meaningful for me these days? That is, that gets right to the heart of it. And that's, um, that's a lot. So I'm in the hospital right now. And one of the meaningful things is being cared for 
for my physical body's needs. And down in the corner of the screen there, you will see an arm of a nurse. <laughs> and what's happening is I'm getting attached to a bowl of fluid to keep me hydrated because um, I'm not currently capable of uh, adequately nourishing myself with either food or liquid due to the state of my organ. And curiously, this rather central issue, metabolizing being on the planet, is um, simply what is. And the meaningfulness of it has gone from formerly eclipsing everything else, doing everything possible for my wellness, for my for my not dying. The meaning being that doing everything possible for that has, has slipped way back. And what is most significant and meaningful for me has been the quality of experience. Everything involved. Um, there's been this real, I don't know, flattening of priorities in a sense. And realizing just how extraordinarily similar so much of our human experience and human journey is. So much of what we experience is just experience. And how am I going to relate with this that has come to me? That's where the meaningfulness lies. Irrespective of what it is I'm, I'm relating with. Just meaningfulness as something to be found in every moment and as something to be cultivated and brought to every moment. Mm. I feel like already we're just swimming in the waters of everything that's, that's going on. And, and yes, in the introduction, which I'll record later, just to share a little on where you're at now, I'll have given a, a probably quite a brief preface in the introduction and a really thorough trigger warning for people because this is the layers of life we often don't talk about. This is a deathbed conversation. And I feel completely honored to be sitting here speaking with you and being able to see you so much these past few weeks. Likewise, Lisa. Thanks for being my good friend through this. Mm. And for, you know, I was going to say having what it takes, but scratch that. And we'll talk about that later. All right, we're going to come full circle to that, it sounds like. But I really appreciated you. Mm. And uh, you. And so for those that are maybe feeling like they're listening to a rather intimate conversation between friends, because this is also what today's conversation is. What would you like to share about your journey over these past few months or years? Whatever feels pertinent that you want to share, just so people have a maybe sense of where you're at. That's a huge question. <laughs> a huge question. Um, there's no simple way to answer that. I fully recognize. 
it is huge in general. I will answer it huge in general, and then we'll have some more detailed bits, you know, either as it comes up from what I'm sharing, just, you know, your total permission to zoom off on a, on a side path. Cause I think those are the best conversations. Tangents um, are fantastic. Tangents are fantastic. Those who know me from the previous episode, I am one of y'all, a self-identified, highly sensitive person. And, uh, been on an adventure with cancer for the last three years and change. And it's been an adventure with a lot of chapters. And, uh, we all love fantasy books. Oh, yeah. And barring something that ha- tends to be found in those, it looks like I'm in the last chapter of, uh, this particular adventure. What's been going on for me? Well, in addition to the normal, living life the normal going through the human journey there's been this overlay of how to respond to um, the possibility of dying from illness and when I was first diagnosed it was life altering um, I went from being very spiritually tired somewhat despondent, somewhat isolated, empty, hopeless, to someone who's fairly full of life. Fairly quickly, within the space of a few months of my diagnosis. And it um, it shattered a lot of the reality in which I had been living having everyone show up for me, mm. noticing the resilience of my body, noticing the resilience of my spirit when the right medicines came, noticing that resilience was something that came naturally as something that's built into humans. I rediscovered a lot within myself of pure joie de vivre, of really, really recognizing the, the vitalness of relationship and a deep appreciation of simple experience. I very, very nearly died when my cancer was discovered. It was a medical emergency. And it was a double brush with death right there on the table and then a terminal potential diagnosis. Stage three at that point. I'm now comfortably stage four. Tapas. The heat that heals. that The fire that burns away impurities from the yogic tradition. Cancer has been so much that. And you alluded to a different way of connecting with medicine as you were sharing there. Mm. And this sense of the right medicines arriving at the right time. And it it sounds like your ideas of medicine have changed. Not many people would call cancer such a, well, many would say it would be a purifying experience. I think I could generalize to that. 
but in the way that you just shared so poignantly about how much it altered your life. And I'm going to stick with the broad layers and let you narrow in on what feels important on on this idea of medicine and what medicine is and the practice of medicine, how you've come to adapt what you feel about the bringing of medicine in the world. Sure. This requires a little more backstory. Okay. And what I actually want to talk about to a large extent is a moment I had. Because, you know, my cancer journey has been a whole thing. It took a rather remarkable pivot about a month ago. And my cancer story was pretty normal until then, I'd like to think. And it's been since then that something that I think makes it worthy of a podcast (laughs) has shown up. And that is what I've termed the conclusion. It was when I concluded that I'm dying. Not chose to die, not realized, although that's close. Not uh, was persuaded. It was when I looked at everything that was, and there was a simply a click, and everything changed. So I had a surgery in April, which we'd hoped would um, kind of get everything back on track, relieve the symptoms I'd been experiencing, which was partial bowel obstruction. I couldn't adequately nourish myself. I was barely, barely able to keep myself alive for months, eating extremely carefully and doing myriad self-care. Gradually, the obstruction got ever um, harder to work with. I was able to eat less, um, both in terms of variety of food and quantity. For myself, I figured that I needed to... um, get a surgery to resolve this obstruction. There's a whole backstory of doctors and their feelings about things, but it it happened Mm -hmm. in April. And everything was swimming along great afterwards. Um, The obstruction was resolved. Got to see you then, too. That was a very happy happy visit. Very happy time. Many hours from home, just seeing you there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was in a state of joy because the surgery had gone successfully. And I had about three weeks of perfect digestion after half a year of not, of it being a daily struggle. And this was in Vancouver, which is the most amazing restaurants. Had I known that I would have three weeks of eating, I would have made a little more of it, but I made a lot of it. And that's part of the lesson of all this. And then complications started. And that's a whole saga. But um, one day I woke up and I had weird loose stools. And they didn't really get better. And that's how my previous bowel obstructions had started with weird loose stools that didn't get better. 
and everything changed. Although it was a small, symptomatic issue, the meaning of it, my entire world shifted. And suddenly I was back there. I was back in trying to do everything possible to fix my body, to fight the cancer, to be okay. So that's what I did. Visceral manipulation, body work, acupuncture, Chinese herbs, various naturopathic techniques, um, eating extremely carefully, extremely mindfully, while being in and out of the hospital because of these bizarre complications that kept showing up, chief among them eventually being the recurrence of bowel obstruction. And there started this roller coaster where I would um, have a day where I figured it out. I had done just the right practices, taken the right herbs, taken the right food. My bowels were working. I was going to be okay. Mm. My breathing would change. I could maybe watch a happy thing with a family member. I could dream about the future. I'd wake up the next morning obstructed. Do the same things. They wouldn't work. The afternoon would come, I would be in great discomfort, pain. Still trying everything, trying new things, trying a different combination or order. And terrified. Basically, if a bowel obstruction recurred, that was it. Um, operations were no longer on the table. And if you get, if you don't eat, you don't live. So, a couple of weeks of this, and gradually, gradually, the things that I found to do stopped working. And I checked myself back into the hospital because this new pain showed up one day, and I was like, I can't handle this anymore on my own. You know, my sister stayed with me when I checked myself in. Been profoundly, phenomenally well supported through this whole thing, which is a whole other topic. First couple days in the hospital, everything stabilized. I actually found that I was able to move stool by practicing Qigong. Mm. Thought, all right, I can do this. This is an all right life. Mm hmm. It lasted a day. On June 16th, nothing was passing. I spent the entire day doing everything in my repertoire, internally, externally, to fix my bowels, fight the cancer. The next morning, I woke up with excruciating abdominal pain, vomited out about a half liter of stool. And the line that has come from this is, I never thought puking up shit would be my moment of enlightenment, but it was. Only you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I sat back and I said, okay, I get it. My body's packing it in. It is time to stop fighting.
if after a day of doing everything I possibly could, this then occurs, I get it. I let go of the riverbank, pushed hmm. off into the stream. I sat back from that, and um, my entire world changed. My entire world became a different one. I'm going to see if we can do it by turning my camera around. We might not. No. There's a painting there, which we cannot see, but which I brought to my hospital room to remind me. And I don't... I can't zoom or anything like that. Perfect to describe it for those listening. Yeah. Anyway, and I'll, I'll just describe it, and you can uh, maybe find it and put it up as a link somewhere. Yeah. 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 Should be doable. It is a painting that I fell in love with years ago. It's very grim, violent. It is actually the death of King Arthur and Mordred, drawn in 1917 with a very World War I trench art aesthetic. Arthur is leaping through the air with Excalibur, the sword raised over his head. And as he leaps, he is skewered upon Mordred's lance. Their faces are right close together. This painting has taken on a meaning such that I now call it my moment of enlightenment. And it is a very, very bleak, grim landscape in the painting. Just basically a field of, of the dead and dying. And that was my reality for the better part of a couple of months. Every day, I would like, wake up, grab my sword, and go fight Mordred. The cancer. Trudging across this field of death. Hello, Meow. Thank you for bringing your medicine. Gods, what an extraordinarily beautiful cat. She is. And for those wondering, my cat has been circling my ankles, just wanting to be picked up. And I realized, oh, she's needed right now here. And as both of us being deep cat lovers, oh, perfect then. We'll actually listen to that instead of ignoring you. So I now have our my lovely cat joining in the conversation as the wonderful sweet soul that she is. Hello, sweet soul. Thank you for being here. That all changed. When I concluded that I'd lost, as it were, it became the famous Taoist maxim, yield and overcome. I instantly gave up fighting. I instantly gave up. It was all just like... <laughs> It was like being hit by a tsunami, bowled over. My entire reality shifted in the span of a moment. And I am now living with, I lost in the fighting sense. I am dying. 
I am dying of the symptoms of my cancer. And that is what is. I have no attachment to outcome. What truly had changed was that. And people talk about that constantly. Non-attachment. Non-attachment. Myriad contexts and meanings. And I dropped my attachment to how this would go. And suddenly was able to be in the beauty and the blessing and the possibility that exists in like every moment of being alive. And again, it all came in this instant. I do not believe I have suffered a moment since. I have felt pain, physical and emotional. Very, very little physical compared to how it was, which is very curious. Very, very little emotional compared to how it was. And what I really am hoping is to demonstrate by this thing that has shown up in me that irrespective of circumstance, we can have an extraordinarily beautiful experience of life, have tremendous growth and meaning for our own spirit. And despite being weak, despite lacking a lot of capacity, simply by ways of being, have profound and lasting impacts on the people we relate with as we go through a day. I feel like I've talked a lot. I have been feeling and sensing and just taking it all in. Thank you for talking, for sharing. Because as we alluded to and touched on that I can't actually remember if this was before we hit record or after that <laughs> society we we don't talk about dying death yeah as a nurse it was a very frustrating a very frustrating part of practicing and in a sense this is a very deep topic of the medical medical system and death and their aversion to it and all those very deep layers but your story of and journey of reaching this point from fighting to being with what is, is quite remarkable. And I think we have, as a society, done ourselves a disservice by not speaking on these levels. Mm. By not... Complete agree. By not giving the conversation of dying as a cycle within life, just some space to breathe, <laughs> some air, 
It's I've struggled. I, if anyone listening to this is like, how is she still holding it together? This is this has been a rough few weeks, and there's been a lot of reaching out to our mutual friends, conversations, support, and we've. I know it can speak for a lot of us just been so in awe of seeing I remember when I visited you last week seeing you walk out of the out from the hospital and just taking your time to smell the flowers and I was laughing at that I'm like I know it's a cliche but my goodness is this like this is so Aaron (laughs) I'm stopping to smell the roses in every metaphorical way possible these days <laughs> and that is something i'm trying to share it's like stop and smell every fucking rose because what a day that would be yeah you know we miss so much yeah and having a finite number of days like just walking seeing something beautiful seeing a beautiful vista and just being like i am really gonna miss this just just seeing beautiful things mm. remembering the specialness it's a lot of beginner's mind beginner's eyes you know that we can cultivate and then we can take on this childlike wonder and keep noticing new things and it doesn't matter if we're like right at the end there's still so much new mm. that's possible yeah, and I just think of every morning I go out in the garden and you have most certainly inspired me to continue slowing down to soak in because it is, there is a soaking of the moment of the experience. And so going to the garden and and seeing a flower start to bloom, to me, that's like a present opening every time, like oh, a new one. It's always... And even the ones that are they're at the end of their cycle and they're finishing, they're drooping and they're of borage right now. I'm not sure if you know. Um, that's a poignant one to bring up, given that it's a very key flower essence for heavy heartedness, for grief. And I have a lot of it in my garden showing up this year. Mm-hmm. And it really, it bends over and it sort of kind of lies down. And yet, no matter how much it's, it's, it's literally on the ground, some of these flower stems, the actual blooms will still happen. Mm-hmm. Really, really, you're, you're walking through life right now is so deeply immersed, probably the words that come to mind and and I've really have often wondered how it is spending so much time in a hospital environment as a highly sensitive, because I know even as a nurse going in there and I was not aware as much of my sensitivity to that level. Well, you can go on wonderful, we've gone on some wonderful excursions into the woods. We've had some times out, but. Your own I do space. basically live at the hospital for sure. Yeah. Finding your own space uh. there. It's um well I've made it my own space. Um brought in a bunch of plants and my own artwork and 
essential oils and made two little altars. Um, keep the place immaculate because hospital rooms can get just so like dirty and cluttered really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I am actually very blessed to be in the palliative suite, which has the whole other uh, room with like couches and a fridge and a microwave. It's basically a little mini hotel room attached to my hospital room. And it has like the whole place has dimmer switches, hardwood floors. It's like actually pretty nice. That does sound yeah. vastly different from from many. And yet, as you've heard in this conversation, I totally cut you off there. So continue no, no, on. Good. But it is vastly different from most hospital settings. But there's still nurses coming in, and you've heard in this as you're listening oh at God, home. Yeah. Overhead announcements. There's things that are not at all. No, and there's still incessant beeping everywhere, <laughs> and people out in the hallway talking, and people with dementia, and yeah. Um, being out in the hospital is a trip. I mean, my room is somewhat of an enclave. It is something that I feel I have to work actively to project a field mm-hmm. to yeah. counter the hospital vibe. Yeah. Um, when I was really weak over the winter, living also in the hospital for the better part of two months. I was losing myself. Absolutely. Like, my practices were becoming inaccessible. I was small, reactive, spent a ton of time, you know, watching YouTube, what have you. Um, I cannot remember the last time I did something distracting. Hmm. cannot remember the last time I watched something trivial or played a video game. I have it all set up in here, but it's not gone on. I have been I have been busy to the point that I am color coding my calendar. That is quite full. <laughs> I I've not been this busy since I was like doing my entrepreneur phase of life back in two thousand ten. I had no idea. But it's this in a sense like a shadowy slightly side of I want to fit in every bit of experience possible is not. I've really had to let go of this being perfect, being able to accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish, see everyone I want to see, say everything I want to say, record everything I want to record. I was starting to get super underslept for one and um, stressed out about time for another. And yeah, I got some really good messages. And I've become, well, I remembered. I remembered my moment of enlightenment. Returned to floating down the stream. And uh, that has made all the difference, as the poet said. Mm-hmm. And I just want to check in on what feels meaningful to share. We chatted a little before recording on this 
this idea of medicine and brought mm. that up. There's also, I, I wrote down all these different things. I'm like, maybe we'll get through, maybe not. But what feels important? I'm going to leave it on your end. Uh, what sure. feels important to share here? Now I talk a little bit about medicine because I know that a lot of highly sensitive people are also medicine people and this may help. I'm going to see what I might have a benefit specific for the listeners of the podcast. I've not placed an acupuncture needle in anyone except myself um, since the 27th of October. It's my last day of work. I just, I'm one of those people who remembers dates. And for this past month, I would say I've been doing the purest medicine of my life. It's hard to articulate, right? These sort of things are hard to put into words, especially English. Mm. I've always felt your descriptions, either from Chinese medicine or even if it's not from the English language and your translations to be completely understandable and a different level of English in that sense. So feel, of course, welcome to bring in any language. Mm, thank you. The pure medicine comes entirely relationally. And it has to do with using this sense of self that has also like descended upon me as part of this. I didn't speak about it earlier. It was part and parcel of the surrender of embracing the completeness of reality of letting go of an outcome being the right outcome and another outcome being the wrong and striving, striving, striving to accomplish one of them, rejecting, being devastated, finding no value or anything in the other. You know, it was such a world of intense, intense opposites. Either I was going to be okay or I was dying, depending on how my symptoms were within a couple hours stretch. And dropping that. Another thing that came was like a new sense of self, a new sense of me a new sense of who I am in the world without this overlay of fighting, which we can draw a direct line from this hospital bed to me at nine years old. First being checked out for what would eventually be diagnosed as Crohn's disease. It's been one track. It's been one path. It is the path that brought me to medicine. It is the path that brought me to so much. Um, I would be an utterly, utterly different human being without the wound of illness, having gone through three quarters of my life. But that shapes a person. And dropping the fighting illness and different version of myself in a sense, a clearer sense of who I am. And with that, in this last month, has come this 
extraordinary capacity to sense what another person needs and bring that energy into the space. And they pick it up and relate with it as medicine or they don't, and that's fine. Typically they have, because it's come from a seeing. This person needs this. I will evoke some of it. That's it. And anyone can do it. It is the simplest medicine I've ever practiced. And it's like really working. People have come to me and you know, reflected like that whatever happened during that conversation was the right medicine. I haven't done a lot of it because I don't want to be doing like a practice, but it's shown up. Mm. Sometimes in very surprising ways. And if I were to boil that down, I would say, A, half a lifetime of practice <laughs> really underpins where I find myself. Mm. I'm 40. I encountered Michael Smith, who got me into Qigong and meditation when I was 20. I decided to walk his path when I was 20. And I've been a relatively dedicated practitioner of practices since. And for anyone who is now concerned that you don't have, you know, these decades, so if you suddenly discover that you're going to die, you might not have a certain equanimity. Um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, and the second best time is now. Every time we practice, the practice gets stronger. And that practice could be a lot of things to a lot of people. That's right. Practice is its own space, um, regardless of content. So I think that this does apply to medicine people, especially highly sensitive ones, is the importance, in a sense, or the value of connecting with our own authentic self-nature so that we can feel the vibration of another's. And we can see if there's something that they need to have in the space to work with. This is not that we're like grabbing a chunk of joy, peace, what have you, and putting it in them. This is bringing something into the space, and there's an invitation there. Because um, we don't heal people, right? Mm -hmm. And if we start to think we do, you'll eventually go crazy. Common misconception, what, in a sense, direction healing goes in. Like it comes, and you've named this before, the medicine 
arrives, perhaps you bring some medicine and if they take it up, they're able to, if it resonates, then there it is. And if not, that's fine too. That's right. We cannot be attached to the outcome. So much easier said than done, and yet you are living it very well, <laughs> bringing very poignant picture of it. Thanks. It's like, who's to say what's better? Who's mm -hmm. to say what's better? Quality, quantity, not having this happen. What a blessing. What a blessing I'm being able to have these conversations. They wouldn't be happening if I wasn't dying. This is true. And that's an indictment of society and everything. You know, my embrace of death has allowed all these cracking opens of our societal taboos. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to a stranger and they'll say, how's it going? And I'll say, I'm dying of cancer. Oh, I mean, I'm not talking to a random person on the street, someone I have occasion to speak with anyways. There's an honesty uh, to that, though. Yeah. And it has led to some really cool interactions. Hmm? Yeah, I believe it. I imagine that everyone has their own journey with both receiving initially the news, the news of this massive transition phase you are in, the unknown, the illusion of, of control, the illusion of control over our health. And if we do all the right things, everything will, will work out. And I would love to say that's how it always goes, but it, it doesn't. And that's hard. So, uh, there is no justice in this. This is not how it's supposed to be. Not how it's supposed to have gone. No. And here we are. And here we are. So... How do we relate with it? You know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of bringing me back full circle to our first, mm -hmm. first question of knowing that maybe this is a point for people to ponder at home listening. What's meaningful to you these days? Oh, my friend, this has been... An enlightening conversation. I hope so. On my end, I'm simply to listen to. I'm just sitting here. Yes, I probably normally, sure, I normally talk more. Just taking it in. Had thoughts like to share as we move towards a close for today? Perhaps if someone's struggling even with grief, I'll leave it wide open again. Um, thanks so much for the opportunity. That's, many words are floating through, but really it just, it's meaningful to be having this conversation with you is what comes through. Thanks. I would not be experiencing the great blessings of this if I were not also having had the lifetime nature that being a highly sensitive is. The degree to which I feel things 
the degree to which I have felt, the degree to which I've been affected by the things that have happened through my life. I mean, you know, I spoke to an oncologist and I said, when do you think this cancer started? And he's like, oh, beginning of 2015. And I was like, well, shit, yes, of course. Because of this experience I was having at the time. My illnesses have always been connected with emotional experiences. This is the consistent nature of it. And that is one of the hallmarks of being a highly sensitive person. So having gotten to this place, which is a place that I feel just, I, 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 I don't have words to describe how lucky I feel to have reached the kind of peace that I never knew possible experientially or theoretically. And without having the nature I have for everything to be so intense that it just and created the space for this grace to show up. Many people lament a highly sensitive nature. For me, great suffering, sure. But the suffering no different from the joys and the mysteries. And to be experiencing this magic that I'm experiencing and to see the ripples of it in the lives of others makes it all worthwhile. There's this precious gem that I didn't plan on, that I did not envision, that I didn't call, simply showed up as a result of everything that was there in that moment. And one of the key ingredients was is how intensely and purely my feeling of things is because of this nature, this highly sensitive nature. And with practice to keep our container, we open ourselves to these thunderbolts because of who we are. That is something to be so proud of, something to cherish about ourselves, something not to suppress. Words of wisdom right there. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for taking the precious time to share, to... In a sense, yes, we're speaking, but you're speaking with many, many others. And I look forward to giving you a very big hug very soon. <laughs> Feels funny to be so close to you physically in terms of distance. You're just a few kilometers down the road, and yet here we are on the computer. But your words, your energy the container of this conversation is, is very potent and very powerful. So thank you, my friend. Thanks. I hope it brings some benefit. Very much feel it. Well, how does it feel to move to a close of today's 
conversation. Good. Um, you can check out my YouTube channel. I've been posting various different things and we'll wrap that up more as my physical capacity declines. I'll be out and about doing fun things less and recording more. Some just slices of life, but also things that I want to have down, you know, for posterity. I'll have a memorial website, aaronbanfield.com, and you'll be able to find me. I also have a fundraiser, which currently is going a little bit toward me, but mostly to support my family and their self-care as they process this whole giant hole that is um, about to get torn in their lives. And thereafter, my memorial scholarship. I will certainly share. And I'm glad that you brought them in. Thank you so much, friend. Thank you so much, everyone. It's um, it's nice to... Okay. Hello, Jim. Oh, two seconds. It's just really nice to connect with everybody like this. and To be continued, perhaps. To be continued, perhaps. I really like right. that. Our timing sounds perfect. We will talk soon. Thanking you and say bye for right now. Bye for right now. Many blessings, Lisa, everyone.